0: new concepts and ideas to help you reach your full potential, reach your full
1: potential, reach your full potential, small win, small win, small win, keep your momentum going. The Success 101 Podcast.
0: Hey guys, how are y'all doing? I hope you're having an awesome week. Jordan and I were spending some time out in D.C. this past week, didn't even run into each other, which is crazy. I thought I would see you there. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, who knows? It's a big city. And I Did was, you, you know,
1: go hang out with the president? You uh, and
0: I did a podcast with Donald Trump. Okay. That'll be airing so. in the next couple of weeks. He and Ivanka sat down for a quick <laughs> chat. So I hope you guys are doing well out there. Hope you're having a great week. We're going to be talking about some really good stuff this morning as far as motivation. And is motivation even a really, really the thing that we should be capitalizing on or thinking about, you know, we did a podcast just a few episodes ago about motivation and talked about how to become motivated. And some of the stuff that I might share with you guys today might have you wondering, is motivation really what we should be staking our claim on when it comes to success and how we're going to become successful? And, uh or is it maybe a combination? Yeah. To be continued. Oh,
1: I love it. <laughs> I got a fun story before we dive in. Uh, you ready Jordan, for
0: it? Jordan's fun story corner. Here we okay, go. Okay.
1: So yesterday, We spent the night at my in-laws in East Dallas, like southeast downtown Dallas. East Dallas. And I I get ready to walk out the house yesterday morning. I've got my coffee in one hand. I've got my briefcase in the other hand. And Hayes, my wife, says, I don't have my car here. Can I take your car? And I said, sure, what am I going to drive? And she says, well, you can drive my dad's old Porsche. So he's got this 1991 (laughs) 944
0: just drive my dad's
1: Porsche. And it's no I mean pigs. it's a it's a gorgeous car, you know, it's like a it's a nineteen ninety one, so it's almost as old as I am, you know. And it's it has just a really neat vibe, but the gas gauge doesn't work. <laughs> and I've forgotten that. So I've got my oh and it doesn't have cup holders. So that's the other two. Like the two qualms I have oh, wow. with that car it doesn't have cup holders and the gas gauge doesn't work. So I get coffee in this hand, briefcase in this Wait, hand. Wait, are you
0: sure it's a Porsche? Maybe <laughs> Who you're knows? missing. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe it's a Maybe it's a Sunday. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I jump in the car. I get a mile down the road and it's a standard. So I'm, I'm shifting. I've got coffee and, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of doing too many things at once. I spill coffee all over my shirt. So I turn around, head back to the house, change my shirt. I didn't even change it. I just grabbed one and, and ran out the house. So I get to my first meeting and in the parking lot, I change shirts. I realized I don't have cufflinks because I'm not in my truck. You're a hot
0: mess. What you so then I
1: have a meeting, you know, finished up the first meeting, run to a second meeting in Fort Worth. And I'd forgotten that the gas gauge doesn't work. I ran out of gas in downtown Fort Worth. But what was really comical is I was a street over from uh, the sheriff, the county sheriff. And there's all these, you know, police officers and sheriffs walking the streets. Yeah. I pull the car over. Um, I get out of the car. I call, like, a, you know, a a roadside assistance. Right? They said, "Well, it's going to be sixty dollars, and it'll be thirty minutes." <laughs> I said, no, thank you. Those
0: things are never a good idea because you wait forever unless you tell them you have a baby. In the back oh, seat, that's, could I have said that? that's locked in the car and you're out of gas. Yes. Yeah, so no matter what's wrong with your car, just say, I've got a child in the back seat. I need you guys. And they'll be there in like 10 <laughs>
1: minutes. I need to adopt And that. they're like,
0: oh, just, just kidding. Can you get my car out of here now? So
1: I resign to walk to the gas station. But as I get out of the car, I'm like pushing the, this little Porsche off to the side of the road. <laughs> and, you know, I've got a suit on and it's really comical. But I get done pushing it and I realize. He doesn't have a license plate on the back of the sink. He has temporary tags, and the temporary tags expired sometime in, in two thousand sixteen. he stole it that's a so alarm. I'm parked really illegally on the side of the road. I don't have a license plate, and I'm you know one street over from all of the police officers officers that are walking the road, so I'm like i'm really could really be in trouble for this one
0: man if there's anything guys you've learned, it's to not travel or even hang out with Jordan. I mean, stuff, it's, stuff is going to happen in this guy's life. You just need an ongoing GoPro filming everything Seriously. that happens in your life. And you can do a documentary. I really it.
1: should do a vlog.
0: Vlog. Yeah, I yeah, vlog. You, I mean, you could make a whole movie out of this thing. It's going to be awesome. So guys, let's kick it off. It's uh, it's Friday. Normally we do these on Thursday. And I called Jordan yesterday and I said, man, I am, I'm a little bit overwhelmed here. I've got stuff just stacked up. And it was just a combination of being out of town and this, just being busy, you know, just being productive, which is a good thing. And, you know, it it was what it was. But, uh, you know, I had to call you and say, look, man, let's move this thing because uh, I had to get my priorities in line. And, you know, so we're here now. And so what I want to ask you guys this morning is to really focus in on this idea of how we get motivated. So there's going to be a little bit of a transition here, I think, from motivation to how important is motivation. I probably, you know, I think it was on the podcast one time I used the quote by Bill Parcells, who said, he told the media at one point, I can't motivate my players. And they're like, what are you talking about? You're a coach. You're one of the greatest motivators, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, absolutely false. I can't motivate my players. And in fact, nobody else can either. We can take a highly motivated player and take them further into their skill set and sharpening and make them great, but we can't motivate anybody. And so you hear that and it's like, is that real? Or did he just say that in a press conference? And, you know, but, but I think it's absolutely true. true i mean i tell our advisors here that all the time i say look there are certain things that i just can't teach you high character high quality integrity passion for what you do i can't coach that i can take someone that has those things make them a member of our team and then and refine them. it great yeah now
1: but you what you can do is you can help them refine their why yeah help them tap into why they can motivate themselves
0: yep but i can't create a why for them exactly So, and there's a lot of people out there, just, you know, millennial generation or whatever that are saying, I don't know, I don't know what my why is and they need to spend some time, you know, maybe seeking that out. So what I would ask you guys is what if you're not feeling up to work? What if you're not feeling motivated, whether that's work, whether that's, you know, for some people it's working out for some people, it's just, you know, they know they should have some good habits in place and they're not working toward those habits. And what if you're just not showing up? You know, we talk about showing up all the time here. How are you showing up? And then are you showing up and then not showing up once you're here? Yeah. You know, to use that phrase. So what would you say, Jordan, about motivation? What would you tell me? Just, you know, not knowing exactly what I'm going to talk about here in this podcast. What would you say about the importance of motivation?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think for one thing, we focus
0: on it too much. Do we not focus on it enough? Should we reframe it?
1: I think motivation is probably the most, one of the most powerful things in productivity. But I think it all goes back to why do you do what you do? What is it that drives you? Why do you think that you should be doing the business that you're doing or the activities that you're doing? Yeah, the passion um, behind it. Yeah, where does it come from? Mm-hmm. It's it's sort of like the accountability uh deal in that a 12-week year. He says, I can't hold anybody accountable. People have to hold themselves accountable to what they want. You right. can't hold your neighbor accountable to what, what it is he wants. He's got to hold himself accountable and you can help him get there. It's the same way with motivation. Yeah, it's so
0: important. I mean, that idea is just so important. I think we don't think about it enough, but here's what I would tell you is motivation, though it is important, as you mentioned, it may not be the most important thing. You know, we talked about last time time being the most valuable asset in most people's minds. Well, for a lot of people, it's money because they're like, well, I could have all the time in the world, but if I have no resources to go create with, and then there's people that have tons of money and they go, well, That's not, you know, you could have a ton of money and not any time to really create more things or build more things or, you know, Mm -hmm. but then really we determined it all really comes down to focus because you could have a ton of money and a ton of time and just waste it and blow it all.
1: Yeah, And many agreed. people do.
0: Many people do. So if you're not focused on what you're doing, you're not going to go where you want to go and, and fulfill those passions.
1: But the question is, how do you focus without motivation?
0: Great question. So here's, here's what I'm getting to with this. We've got to identify, you know, the important thing is I've talked a lot before you joined me on the podcast when I was just doing some on my own of identifying how the brain works. Now, you don't have to be a neuroscientist. You don't have to go to school for 20 years and, you know, understand really how the brain works to know how the brain works for our purposes. Yeah to understand that your prefrontal cortex, which is your, your deep decision and your deep thought and good habit setting uh, part of your brain, which is right here on the front, we only use that 2 to 10% of the time. It's the That's middle part so and, the, and the back part of your brain that we are using most of the time. And it's more impulse, uh, especially the middle part, kind of the impulse part of what we do. But it's that front part that if we understand that we have to engage that in order to get into deep work, we're going to be a lot better off. And so I think we've got to identify this. I think it's super important to identify this or it's going to consume us. It's going to consume us in the sense that we're not going to get to where we want to be. But I think the number one rule, guys, as far as when it comes to motivation, is you've got to decide what it is that you're going to do. And what I mean by that is you've got to figure out what successful people do to get into deep work. And I've said many times before, we make it a lot harder than we have to. Life is... I had James Swanwick on the podcast just this past uh, couple of weeks ago, and he said life is not necessarily easy, but life is very simple and we make yeah. it very difficult. I mean, if you just look around at the things you need to do each day, it's not rocket science. It's, it's actually pretty simple. But the number one rule is you've got to decide what you're going to do. And does that follow uh, what other successful people do? And if you've got your goals firmly in front of you and you're reviewing those and writing those down. And your affirmations and your purpose, kind of your mission, what you're on, it's going to take those impulses away many times when you're saying, I don't feel like getting into deep work. You know, I don't feel like I'm motivated right now. That's because your purpose is not big enough, okay? So for some of you guys out there, you've read the document called The Common Denominator of Success. And the whole idea there, I mean, he wrote this back in the 1930s or 40s. I don't remember exactly when, but the idea there. Is that successful people are going to do a lot of things, not because they enjoy them necessarily, but they're going to do those things because they feed into their passions. And the truth of it is, you know, again, make it really simple. These people are going to do that. The other people over here, you'd say maybe are not successful, are not going to do that. And that's really what it comes down to.
1: He who delays gratification, the longest wins, right? Yes.
0: There's a lot of that in, I don't know if you've heard, just back in the 70s, they did this marshmallow test. I think it was maybe back in Stanford. I could be butchering that. But they put all these kids into a room and said, uh there's two different paths that were taken on this. They put all these kids into a room and told them, they said, if you eat this marshmallow, you can eat it. Here you go. They handed it out. You can eat this marshmallow now. But if you wait 15 minutes, which kids really don't even have a concept of time. I mean, to them, that might as well be two hours, right? Mm-hmm. But if you wait 15 minutes, we'll bring you a, something else. I think it was another marshmallow or something like that. And the kids that sat there with the marshmallows and didn't eat them, they went on and tracked them for the next, you know, 20 years or so, and they were more successful, made more money, had stronger relationships. There is a direct correlation to delayed gratification and maybe going through a little bit of a painful, uncomfortable, consistent action or habit, and then seeing success on the other side of that.
1: That is so cool. Versus not, that
0: and then now they're taking it a step further now and they're saying, look, we've got all these fMRI machines and we've got all of this stuff. We can now actually see the pleasure or pain part of your brains light up, and we can see people that even when the pain parts of their brain are lighting up, they're still sticking with certain tasks, therefore becoming more successful as as time goes on. Okay.
1: Wouldn't it be neat if we had like blinkers right in front of us that said,
0: hey, keep going. <laughs> I know it's painful, but... <laughs> yeah, right. It reminds me of the office episode where they were sticking those index cards on their head. <laughs> Never mind. Well, we can go off, off on tangent there. So in 1940, he wrote the common denominator of success. And I don't know if you've ever had a chance to, I to read, read that. What I'll do, guys, is I'll link up. I've got a PDF of it. I'll link it up on the website or on the blog when this podcast and when the Facebook Live video goes onto my blog. So go check that out. But it really does come down to that successful people really do have a habit of doing things that people that are not as successful really don't like to do. David Reynolds, I don't know if you've ever studied any of his stuff, but he says there's no better feeling in the world than to not feel like doing something, but then getting yourself mentally into a position that you can go out and do it.
1: And we've all had those days. And having accomplished it. I think that's the best feeling in the world, being on the, the backside of finishing it. Yeah you know, that's where it gets sweet.
0: Yeah. And then being able to look back and say, man, I was really not into this at all, but I forced myself to do it and look at what I accomplished. I mean, how great is that? Yeah, that's the best. Right. So I think you've got to ask yourself that question, guys. And I think just as we focus on how our brains work and how our habits work and how we need to get into deep work, yeah, and you don't have to be a neuroscientist to know how your brain works and tap into that. But I think we have to be intentional about that. You have to ask yourself, what is it that I am not doing right now that I know starting this year, 2017 would send a ripple effect out into everything else that I do and would be great for me. And you've got to find a way to shift that. Most of us as human beings, we're not going to really take action on something. Even if it's really important, we're not going to take action on something until when many times, until it becomes urgent until we're provoked. But many times when we're provoked and it, it is now urgent, it's too late. So if we can figure out a way to shift these things when it's just, important and we treat that as urgency rather than waiting and getting behind the ball, how much more are we going to be able to accomplish?
1: Man, that's awesome. I feel like I would be so much more effective on a daily basis if I would do things when it was important, not when it was urgent.
0: Yeah. and then, But I mean, here's the deal, guys. And and I want to say this now before maybe I forget. I would say don't beat yourself up too much and get into self-sabotage if you're not treating many important things as urgent each day this takes time guys this takes time to build in you're just not going to get there tomorrow just because you wake up today and say hey I'm going to start treating important things as urgent first of all if your're why and your passion isn't figured out you can know something's important and still just Never totally delay you know yeah. getting it done okay so what he says in this document that he writes it's a pretty short read but he says basically that people's purpose is their engine that's what keeps them going down the track, so to speak, and moving them in this direction. And when you have a purpose, you know, that really fires you up, that's going to get you through those times that other people get caught up and find themselves just not working. Okay. So my whole point about the motivation thing was we can be really motivated to get in and accomplish a task, or we can be really motivated to have an incredible year. We can be really motivated to have a great marriage. We can be really motivated to do all of these things that over a long period of time would be really good for us. But if our purpose and our reasons behind those things are not compelling to us to where it provokes us into urgency, then as just fickle, lazy, whatever human beings, we can know deep down something's important and still not treat it with any urgency Agreed. until things start falling apart. And then you look back. It's just like with savings and finance. You look back and say, I wish I'd done something different. I can't tell you how many people older than us typically say two things, and I wouldn't know this if I wasn't in this business. They say, time went by faster than I imagined it would. You hear everybody say that, right? I I
1: blinked. All the time.
0: I was your age yesterday, and now I blinked and I'm 62 years old. What happened? Yep. And I wish I had been more focused on these things early on and put priority on it, but I just thought I had so much time. So if so many people are saying that to me and you... I'm not foolish enough to think that you and I are going to say totally opposite things like, oh, Mm -hmm. it actually took forever to get here. (laughs) And I really wish I hadn't saved as much when I was younger. I mean, we're just not going to say that. Right. I think, guys, it's really important. And, you know, you could split hairs here, I guess. But I think it really is more important than that to where if you're looking at motivation as the thing that's going to carry you forward each day and ignoring that common denominator of success, which is really the opposite of motivation. Which is, I'm going to do a lot of painful things that are not motivating at all, but I'm going to realize that my brain has to have periods of deep work effort to stay focused on this. And even though it's painful, this is what successful people do. And I have to make myself get into deep work, which you can't do unless you have a strong purpose behind it.
1: So to that, let me ask you this. When I think of motivation, I don't think, hoorah, let's listen to a motivational speech or... Let's listen to a Hype Man and then jump into work. I think of the why behind what you do. So do you think that motivation Which I think is, is
0: very different than what most people think. Okay. I would think most people yeah. in today's society, and I can't speak for all of you, of course, but I would think just GP, general population as a whole, they're thinking of motivation as... Hoorah. Hoorah, self-talk, I mean, a, a, like pump up, pep rally type mm-hmm. thing. And I think more and more people are just realizing that that feels really good in the moment, but it's not sustaining.
1: Yeah. It doesn't carry you.
0: It's not sustaining. Yeah. So I would ask you guys that. How are you framing motivation? How are you framing, you know, and I don't want to seem contradictory either. Because if you look back just a few episodes ago, I did an episode on how we can get into motivation, but that's the whole reason I wanted to talk about this today is following it up by saying motivation is great. Even if it is the rah, 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 that's great as long as it has something behind it. If not, it's just a. House of cards ready to fall. Yeah. So I would ask you guys that. What are you doing today within your mind, within your habits to set up this idea of purpose, of why, of letting that be your foundation, knowing and understanding that we have to do some really painful things if we are going to be like so many successful people who have modeled that for us and that delayed gratification is actually a great thing because we learn so much going through that. I think people think they want things immediately. But really, I think if you break it down into a psychological state, most people don't. Most people that have become extremely successful or have done very significant things in their life, whether it's a, even on a spiritual level, I mean, you could take it that high and just say, man, if I hadn't had these things happen to me, I would not be where I am today. Yeah. So we think we want things now. We think we want rah, rah, rah motivation, and we can just get somewhere really quickly, and it just, real world does not work that way. Mm -hmm. So motivation's great. I'm not saying it's not, but it's only great if it's part of a bigger purpose and a bigger passion because then you can rest in that passion and use that motivation to further that passion when things get really tough and it's going to carry you on through mm-hmm. remember purpose and passion purpose is the engine as he says in this uh in this document here and I'll link that up like I said in the in the notes but I would really say you guys need to figure out what habit can I start doing now what habits do I need to or what have I said as a habit that I need to stop doing right now and I would say the most important thing one of the most important things you guys can do this year is to figure out why you're doing what you're doing and then get super locked in and focused on that as we talked about last week.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I want to talk through with you the idea of, so this is for business owners out there or for people who would call themselves self-employed and maybe even for sales guys. The idea of being self-employed versus being a business owner. Right. That's something that I personally am trying to, to learn to be more effective in
0: in what way specifically?
1: Yeah. So, so this idea is you may call yourself, you know, a self-employed individual. Maybe you don't have a boss, quote unquote, right? You get paid 10, 9, 1099 income. You are really paid what you're worth. You get paid for your time or for a job that you perform, whether it's, you know, you can do, you can paint a, a mural or you can do graphic design work or you are a lawyer and you're worth 200 bucks an hour. Well, the idea of being a business owner though is The business can run without you because the product is not you. The product is your business. Right. And so whether you're on vacation, whether you're in the office, whether you're traveling, doesn't matter. You're still seeing revenue come in the door every day. So much of that is just systems and being able to build systems in your business that anybody can do, right? Make things simple, easy to accomplish so that you can hire somebody, you know, for 15 bucks an hour to do something that you don't have to do anymore. Is that something you have a lot of experience, the growing pains of stretching from a self-employed thought to you know a business owner?
0: You know, I, I see it more in the people now that I'm coaching, the advisors in my office here that I'm coaching. Sometimes it's hard to remember the first year whenever I was in this business, and many people know that our, you know in the financial planning or financial services business. It's a low retention rate. It's about 11.5% from day one that you'll make it to your fifth anniversary.
1: 11 and a half,
0: 11 and a half percent. And so that's why you get a lot of people. I mean, just going back to what I just mentioned, there's just a lot of people, frankly, that are just not willing to do the things that are painful. Yeah, I look at the dips that I've had in my career where maybe I wasn't as productive from an activity standpoint. And it's always, I can look back on it every time and maybe different things, but I can always look back and say, I just didn't do the things that I needed to do. But going back to the first year, whenever I had to switch from, you know, for some people, it's switching from a college student to an entrepreneur, which I think is even harder. Switching from a an employee to an entrepreneur, you know, I tell my advisors a lot. You're still in that employee mindset where you're thinking about it in a way where you're waiting on things to happen. You're waiting on things to get put on your desk instead of you realizing every morning when your eyes pop open, you're basically unemployed. Yeah, right. I mean, I, you're
1: I may, interviewing every day.
0: You may have some things on the calendar for that day, but I'm just saying, if you wake up and it's a light day or nothing's on the calendar, meetings have canceled, whatever, you're unemployed. And nobody's going to employ you until you go make it happen on your own.
1: And that's true for any sales. Yeah. Really. Like if you're in sales, take this to heart. I don't care if you do industrial sales, medical sales, doesn't matter. You get paid for what you kill. And so, you know.
0: Which, by the way, I wouldn't have it any other way. Absolutely. Like as terrified as I was to become an entrepreneur and take on the risk and take on the idea of dipping into savings and possibly not having an income for a little while until I got my business built up and running, as terrified as I was of that years ago whenever I started, let's see if this makes sense, I would even be more terrified now if somebody walked in this room and said, hey, we're changing up you know, the IRS walks in and says, hey, we're changing it up, no more entrepreneurs. (laughs) It's a stupid example, right? (laughs) We're changing it up, no more entrepreneurs, which means our economy would crumble, by the way. (laughs) No more entrepreneurs, everybody's gonna work and somebody, you're just gonna get paid, whatever. I'd be terrified by that because my idea of what the future, you know, Lord willing, could look like just went out the window. Yeah. And I think this idea is more important now than any other time really in the working class history because you just see so many people in today's millennial generation, they're saying, Hey, I've watched my grandparents and my parents and maybe somebody else work really hard. It's noble, but they work for 30, 40 years for a company and then just get canned. Mm -hmm. There's no loyalty there or they're on a team of other people and they don't get a bonus or they get what I'm going to go. I'm going to go create my own employment. Yeah. Basically
1: where I can't be fired.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's this idea of just how are you? You know, and and people that are employed right now, many times they can't imagine not doing what they're doing. They can't imagine not having a boss or a supervisor or three bosses or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is that's over them. And I'm always just trying to get them to get a glimpse of what this world is like over here, because it's almost like if they could just see what I've seen and see what you and I've seen about having freedom and flexibility. I, I have a ton of clients that are super, super smart people, doctors, lawyers zero freedom on their calendar whatsoever. Yeah, They're on call every other week or every three weeks or they're a VP. I've got a couple of clients that pop in mind right now. They're VPs of companies and they're literally traveling four days a week. And on the Friday, they're back in the office. They're just grinding away to get unburied from all their emails and messages and probably going in on Saturdays and things like that and Mm -hmm. zero freedom. And they see it. They see it and they feel it. But it's like, I can't walk away from this. I got a wife and three kids at home and, you know, I wish I had done something like you're doing are more
1: entrepreneurial based to where Mm. I'm more in control of that. Yeah. Wow. That's strong. Take your mouth.
0: It is. (laughs) Who
1: needs it? Um, I think it's really important to understand the idea of working on your business is just as important as working in your business. If all we're doing is you're just chasing the next gig or the next cheese, you're never building systems. The problem with working on your business is it doesn't generate revenue I- immediately.
0: Yeah, because it's the outcome versus the process. Yeah. So when you're working, you're working through that. A lot of times, it's the process. You don't see any results, but things are still happening behind the scenes. Yeah. I remember one day I made 82 phone calls. I had all my meetings cancel, and I was like, "I'm going to make. I'm just going to crush it today on the phone." I made 82 phone calls. I don't remember how many people I reached that day, but I didn't set one appointment. No way. And I left there and I was like, what a freaking waste. (laughs) That was like totally super high emotion in the morning. Very excited to total letdown by the end of the afternoon. And I just, you know, it wasn't then and it probably wasn't any time, you know, but looking back on that reflecting, there was still a lot of things that were going on behind the scenes, the voicemails that I left, the emails I sent out, the, you know, whatever the correspondence I had, I can't know for sure, but there had to be progress happening. Yeah. But I was just crushed at the end of the day. Yeah. So. Wow. But again, are you going to do the things? Are you going to hear that and say, well, gosh, I don't want to dial the phone then. Mm-hmm. If that can happen to me again, are you going to do the things that are painful that successful people do? Or are you going to choose not to? Because it is a choice and choosing not to do something is still a choice. Yeah. You're still choosing your future.
1: That's true. Yeah. So the idea back to kind of working on the businesses, there's going to be days where you... You may just need to schedule six hours or four hours or three hours and just build systems. It's not going to generate revenue today, but it will build this empire for you that's gonna generate a heck of a lot more revenue for you tomorrow than you could have if you had not taken time out of the business to work on the business.
0: Yeah. And that back to your question about was it hard for me to shift over to an entrepreneur. That I do remember being mm-hmm. very tough for me is people continuing to tell me that I needed to work on my business instead of just working in the business. And my first thought is that fear of I'm already behind this week on the things that I need to do to hit my goals. I'm not gonna go take off at 230 on a Friday and have think time. No way! I can't afford that. Yep. Well, I can't afford not to. To me, it goes back to sleep. It goes back to you know this idea that's so counterintuitive or seems backwards, where you say, "Hey, if you stay in the bed longer, you're probably going to get a lot more done today." Mm. Versus the person that says, "I know I'm only getting four hours of sleep," which was this guy for a long time. I know I'm only getting four hours of sleep, but think how much I could just crush whenever I get it, get to the office with that many more hours. Wow. And then you're just getting run down, run down, run down, and you don't realize it. Same idea with working on the business, you've got to take that, you know, that's like sleep, take some time away, work on the business, and then you're going to be even better when you get back into it.
1: Yep, absolutely. Um, I know for me, I'll give a, a real life example. A lot of our business works on just our clients introducing us to people, right? Referrals. The first year in the business, I was working a lot of hours and and I was busy, but I did not have a system for who I was referred to and who I called on. You know, we had software, we had systems that I could have been using, it just wasn't using them, right? I hadn't built those processes into my daily activity. Now I want to get a referral, I send it, my team inputs it into this system, and every single day, it pops into my, you know, in front of my face, I need to call these 40 people or these 60 people or whoever, right? I spend no time prepping for that. It is literally pick up the phone, hang it up after we get done. Sure. And... It has made me so much more efficient with dialing and setting appointments with, uh, current clients and then with future prospects that has probably saved me, I don't know, three hours a day on yeah. average, you know, so that's just a real life example of, of how effective systems can be. I mean, I would say a lot of the lawyers, a lot of the graphic design, a lot of the entrepreneurs, you guys may have to work a little bit harder to design systems, right? Then. Somebody in our field that's working with a company that's been around for 160 years, but it makes it even more important, right? To build those systems, to ingrain those habits. You may have a tougher challenge, but it's, it will pay off in the long run. Yeah. But,
0: and to your point, this company has been around 160 years, but, you know, for a lot of people who don't understand our setup out there, we're not employed by this company. Uh, We are independent and the IRS knows that and taxes us that way, very much so. (laughs) Uh, We're independent. We're just regulated by this company, but yeah, we get to carry the name and there's certain systems that have been set up, but I've seen a lot of people come in, you know, and try to recreate the wheel and not follow those. True. Yeah. You know, which so, is me in
1: the first six months.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So you could do that, you know, as well. So check in for you. How are you doing on the ideal calendar?
1: I'm doing a lot better. I told
0: you I was going to check in on yeah. you.
1: Yeah. I've taken a couple meetings uh, later in the evening, but they've all been from the house, which is a compromise, but I'm getting a lot better. Yeah. It's been a huge amount of progress from where it was.
0: Yeah. And so for those of you guys out there, I don't know, you're all in different businesses, but if you're in anything like what we are, where you get started early and then you don't want to work super late into the evening, I mean, do that. Block off your ideal calendar. As I mentioned last time, from six to eight every morning, it just, you know, it's on the calendar. It's a block. And what my staff does is they color code everything. So we know what are revenue generating meetings, what are personal meetings, what are staff meetings, what are more managing director meetings that I have where I'm developing or doing whatever. So we know when we look at the calendar, my staff knows, you know, there's no blank spaces on the calendar. Yeah. Sometimes if you're not color coding, you could look at blank spaces and go, man, that's the devil. White space (laughs) is the devil on the calendar, right? It will suck your energy and suck your time out just looking at those white spaces every day. Well, we don't have that because everything's accounted for meeting one, meeting two, meeting three, whatever. But color coding it shows them where the revenue generating is. And the revenue generating is in green. So whenever I have a week with a ton of green on my calendar, that's a good week. When I have a week with a ton of other stuff on my calendar, maybe not so much, you know, but you can really block that out guys. So I would encourage you guys to write into us and let us know how you're doing on that, how you're setting up not only your ideas and strategies to work on the business as you're working in the business, but also what your thoughts are around motivation I think a lot of people are hanging on to this motivation idea like a security blanket. And though it is good, it's not going to be the end all be all.
1: Yeah. And I would say to that, maybe reframe the idea of motivation from rah, rah, rah to that's my why. Motivation is my why every single day. It's the difference in cocaine and caffeine. Cocaine is huge spikes, right? Caffeine is just a bump in energy level. right? Right. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, well,
0: I would just clarify this and this is maybe where you're going with this. You said reframe motivation to where it's your why. What I'm trying to get at is I think those are two separate things. You do. I don't think motivation has to just be the rah, 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 though. Okay. But what I'm saying is my message here that hopefully people take away from this is your passion and your why. Uh, those are the, as Ian Gray says, those are the, that's the engine. Yep. That's what carries you along. Motivation stacks somewhere on top Mm. of that. You can have passion and purpose behind what you're doing and be really successful without motivation. Yeah. But I don't think you can try to be motivated all the time without passion and purpose and still reach your end goal. That makes sense. So I do think they're separate. Yeah. I think they're a little different. But like you said, you can use that motivation and say, okay, it's not necessarily rah, rah, rah. It is what gets me excited to then turn and look at my passion and purpose. Mm -hmm. That's the thing that's going to keep me going. And I think it's important. You know, some people may hear this message here and say, hey, Jared saying motivation is not important because what's really important is a passion and purpose. I think there's a place for all of it. Yeah. I just think if you're only focusing on, and it's like, I mean, my wife always laughs at my analogies because I come up with them on the spot like <laughs> this one. Uh, here goes, let's try it out. So it's like water. Water is great, but if you're only getting your source of water from soft drinks all the time, because there's water in that as well. It's just water and syrup, basically. Yep. If you're getting your source of water from soft drinks all the time, what purpose is that going to be yeah. for you?
1: Right. You're polluting yourself. That's right. That's
0: right. But yeah, we'll hold Jordan and me too. I mean, I don't want to act like I've got this whole thing figured out, right? It's just, it's easy, easy for me to deflect, right? It's like, as, calendar, as long as it focuses on you, nobody, ideal calendar? Yeah, ideal calendar. nobody has to focus on me yeah. for an ideal calendar, but yeah, I get sucked into that stuff too. Nobody's perfect. But I read a quote just this morning and you've probably read this before, posted it on my Instagram actually, where it said, let's see if I can remember it. It was like, undone and perfect is way less important than done imperfectly. Hmm. that was horrible. I don't go to my Instagram and you can find it. But basically what it's just saying is if you're trying to be a perfectionist all the time and nothing's happening, you're not getting these things done. Yep, it's way less important to be perfect than to be super imperfect, misstepping here and there, learning from your failures. And taking action and making progress the entire time. Thanks so much for joining us here this morning. If you want to connect with us, as always, you can catch us at info at success101 podcast or check us out on Instagram, the Duke of Earls and Success101 or on Facebook as well. We'll have everything posted up to the blog, including the document. Deni- common denominator of success it's like man we both need some sleep here <laughs> common denominator of success i'll link that up and you guys can check out some other podcasts and stuff on that out there. there's a lot of stuff on it. it's just a great great article back in the 1940s still stands true for today and we'll yeah. link everything up in the show notes on the podcast when it comes out as well have an awesome week and uh, let us know how you're doing with all of this thanks
1: guys thanks